0: So, as Mike's already said, uh, we're looking this morning at, or uh, we're starting a new series this morning uh, called Famous Verses. We're going to be looking at throughout this series from uh, all different parts of the Bible, uh, uh, Old or a New Testament, all kinds of different books. We're going to be looking at uh, well known or sometimes uh, shared verses and, and a few misquoted verses as well that are often people say, oh, the Bible says this. Uh, but actually we're looking at sometimes they can be a little bit misquoted but what we're going to be doing as we're doing that is asking those questions what did they mean? What did they really mean back then? And therefore also what actually do they mean to us? You know, we live in a, a world where we often hear little short sound bites of things um, you, you see it all the time on news articles on the website. You have a title, you, you think, oh, that sounds really interesting. I think it means that, and then you click on it, and the article's really boring, and it's not what you thought it was anyway. Well, hopefully, the Bible passages, when we look at them, are not going to think, oh, well, that's really boring. But actually, you're going to get a deeper, uh, better, and more exciting uh, meaning from it, and they will really come to life for us. So this morning, we're looking at this verse that's on the screen behind me from the book of Joshua 1 9 and it says this have I not commanded you and it's God speaking be strong and courageous do not be terrified do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go what a great verse to start this series off you can see uh, why it's such a popular verse I don't know how many of you have got the Bible app on your phone the U version one. If you type in Bible app, this is the first app that comes up on the App Store or the um, or whatever other mobile devices are, are available. Uh, use and did you know this app has been downloaded now? Let me get this right. I checked this week over 285 million times since it was uh, since it first came out. Anyway, on this app, you're, there's there's a, there's a feature on it that means you can share, you can select and share verses with other people. And this this verse here has been one of the most popular uh, verses since the, the Bible app entered this feature. In virtually every single year, this is in the top three verses that are shared, and it's been number one a few years as well. And it's got it's really uh, an uplifting, encouraging verse, isn't it? And you, we, we, you can just look at it and think that that's that's really. That can be really applicable to many uh, people's lives. Last week in my sermon, I mentioned that God never promises us a, a trouble-free uh, or problem-free life. And this verse speaks into that reality, doesn't it? Don't be terrified, don't be discouraged, we're told, in the face of those trials and the struggles that y- you face, because God is going to be with us, or with you, wherever you go. Every single one of us here has worry or things that uh, or we fear in our lives problems that can leave us feeling alone and discouraged and this verse just reading it simply provides some hope in that that god is going to be with us that great news the lord your god will be with you wherever you go and it is great to know and i'm not going to sort of dispel that rumor but we're just going to look a little bit more about the context I wonder, has anybody actually had this verse ever shared with them this morning? Some people, yeah, there's a few hands going up. I've shared it with a few people and sometimes some people have shared it with me. So why are we looking at this verse? Well, I think there's a danger if we look at this verse. We can read it in in one particular way and I have seen a few people do that uh, and misuse it. And seen it as like a justification that God is going to be with them no matter what they decide to do with their life, that God is going to bless them. They use this verse and think, God is with me and will bless me in whatever I decide to do with my life. And as we look at the context in a bit more, we'll uh, hopefully see that that is actually the wrong attitude to have when reading this verse. And we're going to unpack that context to context now. So, Big picture context, as I think I've already mentioned. This is from the Old Testament. So this is a long time before the birth of Jesus. And it's even written, uh, happens a long time before the Psalms of Ascent, the series that we've just finished, uh, we looked at, were written as well. It's, there, it's, it's well before that as well. And it's, what's happening is God is speaking to Joshua, who's about to lead people into the promised land for the very uh, first time since they left it. Those of you with really good memories for sermon series, uh, can, rem- can anybody remember the sermon series we did on Abraham? Uh, back in Genesis, uh, Abraham uh, was old and childless. And remember, God came to him and gave him a promise that had three aspects to it. He said to Abraham, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give your descendants a promised land to call their own. And through this, the descendants... <clears throat> Through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Well, this is God now about to fulfill that real second uh, part of that promise to Abraham, uh, a land. And that part of the promise is going to be crucial in the fulfillment of the other two promises as well. The people of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, are on the cusp of entering the promised land. Finally, after a very long wait... Many of us know the stories of Moses. We heard at the start of the reading, you know, Moses has has just died. Um, Moses had been leading the people after freeing them from slavery in the wilderness for 40 40 years. In fact, if you've got your Bibles open, you turn turn back one page to the end of Deuteronomy. Just flick back one page. And in uh, verse 4, you can see uh, God's final words there to Moses after he led the people. Moses is up on a mountain uh, looking out towards the land that they're going, about the promised land. And is the Lord speaking to to Moses. This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes. Um, Moses can't go in for various reasons that I'm not going to go into this morning uh, in in great detail. Uh, And Joshua then, uh, Moses dies there up on the mountain and Joshua takes over as leader of the people. So this is the first thing we need to notice about the context of the verse. That this promise of God to Joshua to be with him wherever he goes is not said in the context of, of Joshua doing whatever he wants and whatever he decides with his own life. Joshua didn't say to God, Lord, I've decided what I want to do with my own life. I want, to, I want to travel the world, sail the seven seas and see all the wonders that the world has. But actually, I'm a bit worried and quite scared because I haven't got all the money I need and I'm terrified about sailing because I can't swim. God is not saying that verse in response to a request like that from Joshua, is he? Instead, it is based on the obedience of Joshua to following God's will and following God's plan, both for him and for his people as a whole. And Joshua does, by the way, have a track record of trusting and following God which is one of the reasons why Joshua is chosen to lead the people, or is chosen by God to lead the people after Moses died, because uh, the people actually could have entered this promised land a long time ago, but they had refused. The previous generation of Israelites had refused to cross over into the promised land a long time ago because they were scared about the people that were living there, that they were stronger than them, that basically they would get slaughtered if they entered into the land. They'd sent 12 spies into the land to check it out, and ten of them had come back saying, we can't do it. If we go in there, we are going to get absolutely annihilated. But two of the ten spies came back saying, Yes, the people are big, they're strong, but with God on our side, we can do it. Guess which group Joshua was in? Was he in the ten that just looked at things from the world's perspective? Or was he in the two that said it will be hard but let's trust god you guessed that he was in the minority he was in the two he said we can do it with god on our side but sadly the people didn't listen to joshua and caleb who was the other one uh they listened to the 10 refused to go in there and so god made the people uh en- wait to enter into the promised land till uh only Joshua and Caleb were left of the adult generation that refused to obey God. And Joshua is chosen to lead them. And it's a verse that comforts and empowers Joshua into the action that he is called to take in God's plan, not his own. Okay, so let's start looking at the, at the passage itself that we had read to us uh, this morning. So flip back over your page, and we're going to look now at verses 1 to 5 of this chunk, having got this background in there. God starts off speaking with perfect clarity, doesn't he, to Joshua, that this plan is only going to succeed because God acts. Joshua is going to have the victory only because God will give it to him. I will give what I promised, God says in those verses. I will give you the land. No one will be able to stand against you because I will be with you. God is acting and Joshua is to respond to God. And it's then in the following verses, in, in verses six to nine, that God gives these specific instructions to Joshua on, on how we should respond to this promise, this plan and this action plan that God has what is Joshua's individual part in that and this is something that is I think key for us to understand when we read a lot of stories and things in the Bible is it's actually God acts first and we are to respond to the way God acts, God decides his plan and then calls us to respond to his plan in it we don't necessarily set the plans and expect God to respond. It's almost always the other way around. God acts and wants us to respond to God's plan. You know, God does not force us. We are not people that are robots. He wants us to respond willingly. And so look what he says in those verses, in, in those verses of six to nine. The phrase, be strong and uh, courageous appears three times. Well, actually, uh, strong and courageous appears twice. And be, um, be strong and courageous, and very courageous, sorry, uh, appears once in those, in those three verses. Why is this? Well, I think it's really simple. Living out God's promises and trusting them day by day is really hard work. It requires effort on our part. It requires boldness and strength, courage and persistence to live out following God's plan in the day-to-day life in each moment that we face. And by using that phrase three times, God is highlighting the continual need for for Joshua to continue to trust God in all the different circumstances and challenges and things that are going to come his way after he enters into the land, even when it's scary and dangerous to continue to trust that God is with him and follow the path that God has laid before him. People naturally, I think, we tend to, well I certainly do, and I'm sure it's the same for the rest of us, if we can see an easy solution to something, is we try and take the easy way out, don't we? Sometimes we know what the right thing to do is, but it seems really, really hard, so we try and take a shortcut, cut the corner off. That's what we naturally want to do. I think God here is reminding Joshua not to take shortcuts, not to take the easy way out, but continue to trust God. And what he is calling Joshua to do, even in those times. You know, we come to church here on a Sunday and we listen and we hear about the amazing promises uh, God has made to us. You know, we believe and we trust them on a Sunday. And it's really encouraging uh, that we're all here this morning to do that. Uh, But I know when we go out in the world... It actually is really hard. It can be difficult and scary to trust and follow God, to live lives differently out in the world. When we seem alone and isolated, we can become scared and we can become terrified. Strength and courage is needed to remain faithful in those moments. That's what this verse is partly about. Well, actually, quite a lot about. I was thinking, as I was writing this talk about one of the scariest moments in my life came flooding back to me. and it was when I was at a selection conference to become a, a church minister. I was confident that God had called me to be a, a church minister, but in the moment when I had to go away for these two nights, it was sped over sort of two days, but over yeah, it was a half day, a full day and then another half day. Uh, so away for two nights. And I was confident God had called me to be a minister, but going there to this place, I was re- an absolutely nervous wreck. And that I know as a Christian, you know, I teach my children, you know, don't judge people by the way they look and all that. But when we went in there and we looked at the people that we were interviewing, there was this one particular person that looked awful, and I did just that. She looked scary and fierce, and I judged her by the way she looked right at, at the start of this thing. I'm not going to enjoy my interview with that lady there. Um, and my fear over the weekend only increased by little snippets I had heard about the way she had treated other people when she was interviewing them. And guess what? I was going to be the last person to be interviewed by her. My worry and anxiety was going up and up. I was being seen by her just after breakfast on the last morning. Because there were so many people, they actually squeezed in one interview uh, before breakfast. Um, uh, I... Had a, had a gap, so I was in breakfast um, but this, this final morning breakfast, as I was already really nervous about going to see this lady um, the person that had just been with her comes into breakfast with a red face looking really angry, clearly had been crying, really puffy eyes, and just sits down near me, and I can see her shaking slightly as well she takes one sip of water handshaking a bit sits there quietly for a few minutes. Nobody knows what to do, you know. We're all best behavior Christians. And then, and then she gets up from the table, walks out, and then two minutes later, the, the kitchen um, or the dining area was by the front door. We hear the front door close, and I see her jump into her car and drive off into the sunset. <laughs> Never in my life <laughs> have I, had I been so tempted to follow somebody out that out that door. I think I was so scared, my legs didn't work, so I just stayed sitting there. Um, I was I was absolutely petrified. Uh, that inner turmoil, should I stay, should I go? I don't know how, but I managed to stay. And actually, Well, I do know how, I'm going to get to the how later on. I managed to stay, and actually have the courage in that moment somehow to, to knock on the door to continue to trust God's big call on my life in that moment, even though I was so terrified and was, you know, was really close to just walking out that door at that moment. And if I had, I wouldn't be here. That might upset you, but hopefully not, not all of you. Um, and actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be once I got in that room. It was really, it was quite fine boldness and courage was needed to follow God's call in that moment. We can know the big picture and we can be sure of what God has done for us, but actually in the the moments it can be really tough and we need to stay and we need to hold on. And this verse, I think, helps us with that, to remind us that God is with us in those moments. Okay, That is a positive example of me trusting God in my life. Um, I was told I don't do enough positive illustrations of myself in my talks because I normally do bad ones, but you know I mess up a lot. Anyway, so the lesson is clear. Uh, God's long-term plans require boldness and courage in the moments of life. And there's a couple of other things I just want to point out as well from those verses before us. Alongside being strong and courageous, I don't know if you noticed in verses 7 and 8 in particular, Joshua is told... To keep God's words close by, to obey them, to think and meditate on God's word, to keep them on his lips day and night, to not depart from them to the left or to the right. God is going to give uh, people this land, God is going to give it to Joshua, but the success and prospering in the land is dependent on Joshua and the people knowing God's words and living by them and trusting them, not just in the big picture, but day by day. They're not to take their minds off him and let their actions be, um, or eyes be drawn by the people around them and by their own desires. They are to trust God, to follow God's instructions and to live in God's way. You know, remember, that's a really, really important role that that the nation, uh, that God had given the nation. Remember the blessing to Abraham that they would be a light to all nations. They're only going to be able to be a light and shine out if they live differently to those that are around them, if they don't just simply follow the customs of the world and do the things that the other nations were doing, like the Canaanites, for example, who, who loved child sacrifice a lot. God didn't want his people to follow that custom. He wanted people to follow his ways, his paths, in their day-to-day life. And I do think it's the same for us today as well. God wants us to be beacons shining out in, in this world, to live differently, to have different values, to have God's values than the world around us. God was interested in the everyday life of the people alongside the big picture plan. God wanted people to know his plan and his guidance and the way that they should live in the land, in the big things of life, but also in the small things of life. God is interested in us living for him in what we might think are small and insignificant things in the the big scheme of things. But God wants us to follow him in those as well as in the big God wants us to know his big picture plan for the world and I hope we all know it which is Jesus by the way but he's still interested in our day-to-day lives and how we respond to that big picture in the here and now and in the Monday morning and the Tuesday and the Wednesday and so on and that's how I'm just going to finish now Uh, I want us to particularly look at this context or what this verse can mean uh, when we look at it in the light of Jesus. Because one of the incredible things uh, that happened on God's cross, and I kind of mentioned this uh, last week a bit, was that God's kingdom moved from being limited to one place. Those of you that are here last week, we talked about it um, the ark representing God's presence among his people, God's God's kingdom moved from being limited to to one place, to a geographical place and race, to being a kingdom where anyone, anywhere, can be a member through Jesus Christ. And if we've accepted Jesus as our saviour, we become citizens of God's kingdom, right here, right now, wherever you are, and wherever you go. So when we hear these words... And think of them in Joshua's context of going into the land, being bold and courageous, to be faithful in the land. I think we can be challenged as people that they should be to us. Words that say, be bold and courageous in living for God's kingdom right now. To hear God's encouragement that he is with us in that, that he is calling us not to be terrified, but to be bold and courageous, to shine in the world to stand out for God and point to God's life, God's light, sorry, by living, by knowing his words, living with a different attitude, remembering the big picture, but keeping him with us day to day, living by God's kingdom values. You know, and the other one of the other incredible things that happened when Jesus died was that this Holy Spirit was not, uh, rather than just being on and around people, it came to live within people. God's presence comes and lives in us as a seal and a sign as you belong to his kingdom. And I'm going to share with you uh, one of my favorite, favorite verses from 2 Timothy 1.7 which uh, tells us this about God's spirit. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline God's Holy Spirit equips and helps us live out the command of this verse to be strong and courageous it gives us power and love and self-discipline God with his Holy Spirit equips us in the responding that we need to do to this verse when I felt incredibly fearful before that final interview I really believe that the only way I managed to get through that was because God's Holy Spirit was in me, giving me the power and the strength to knock on that door and go in. You know, And I'm not special. God doesn't give me a different Holy Spirit to the Holy Spirit he gives to every single one of us here. God's Spirit in you can give you the strength and the courage to follow him. In those times that are difficult, that cause us to struggle because he is with you. He doesn't leave you. So let me properly finish by saying two more things. If you have committed your life to Jesus, sorry, if you haven't committed your life to Jesus, be bold and courageous this morning. Cross over into that land. You can enter it knowing that God is going to be with you wherever you go. Your life will not always be easy if you do it, but your life's not going to be easy anyway. But you can know that God will give you strength and courage to face those challenges that you have in your life in a new way, in a different way, in a way that brings light and life to you and to those around you. And if you haven't got Jesus or haven't accepted Jesus into your life, I really do encourage you to do that this morning. Uh, We've got prayer after the service. People in the prayer ministry team would love to just lead you uh, in saying a simple prayer as you make that decision. And for the rest of us that have accepted Jesus into our life, my encouragement for you this morning is to let's be a strong and courageous people. Let's continue living out for God in this world, not to be scared or discouraged by what is happening, but remembering that we're citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Let's be that shining light that this world so desperately needs, that loving community seeking to serve others, to live differently in the world as we follow God's words. So let me pray.